Welcome to Opus Private Clients Wealth Style Podcast. All of the material discussed on our podcasts have specific themes, and that's to move your wealth and lifestyle forward, increase your purpose, and provide you with clarity and confidence. Opus's mantra is always forward. We have found that regardless of one's wealth, moving your lifestyle forward is the number one priority for our clients. On our podcast, we'll share our rich 35 years of experience in designing strategies, share clients' experiences, and introduce resources that have positively impacted our clients. We trust that you will enjoy our direct, transparent, and realistic approach to positively impacting the quality of you and your family's lives. Now, on to the show. Hello, and welcome to another uh, episode of the Opus Well Style Podcast. My name is Ivan Watanabe. I'll be your host today. Uh, on with us is going to be uh, one of our new team members, uh, great financial planner, Evan Wall. Evan, what's going on, man? Hey, Yvonne. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Super excited to get uh, to get you on the podcast. I know you're going to be a future host and guest going forward. So you know we're really excited to get you kicked off here. So today, what we're going to talk about is probably one of the most fundamental pieces to any solid financial plan, right, is sort of managing, understanding cash flow. Right. Mm -hmm. And I know you're particularly expert in this topic. So we wanted to have you on to talk a little bit about your process, some of the different things that you're seeing clients have success with and some other mistakes that people are generally making as it relates to cash flow and kind of go from there. Sound good? Awesome. Let's do it. Cool. Um, why don't you just first just tell the audience a little bit about yourself for those who don't know, so they get familiar with you and kind of, you know, get to know again, a face that they'll see often. Yeah, let's do it. So, uh, I, uh, Evan Wall, I'm uh, married. I have three young children, uh, five, three and a half, and one. So they keep us busy. Uh, Yvonne was just talking about how hard he's got it with one kid. So uh, I always laugh when uh, when I hear things <laughs> like that. But, you know, new parent problems. Um, I've been a financial planner uh, all with the same company since uh, I graduated college. So now coming up on 15 years. Uh, and uh, all surrounded by great people. I'm super excited to have joined uh, Opus uh, just recently. I think there's a lot of uh, learning and growth uh, personally and professionally ahead, which I'm super excited about. And I'm really excited about talking about cash flow here because uh, especially in the last two or three years, it has become a really big part of my practice, my conversations with clients. And I'm finding a lot of traction, both in terms of client success, uh, appreciate, you know, client appreciation, uh, and and just real world application. Um, and so, you know, we'll chat about what that means, but uh, it's an exciting uh, topic and conversation because it's real world. Yeah. For those who don't know, I mean, just kind of break down like, you know, everybody's he here's what cash flow is, right? Or here's the concept of cash flow, but just share a little bit of, you know, some general background on what cash flow is, you know, what it means and some of your definitions as it relates to cash flow so that everybody's filled in going forward in the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's critical to start with you know definitions and language. So uh, most people, you know, you can think very simply about cash flow is the movement of money. Uh, money comes into your world, money leaves your world, and money moves around in your world. Um, you know, most people think about cash flow from a business owner perspective. Like, for example, if you ask any business owner, any successful business owner, you know, how what was your profit last year? Most of them, without having to look up any books, they would just know it off the top of their head, right? They're just kind of always embedded in that conversation. I would argue, I would, it's been my experience, uh, that most individuals 
how, you know, individuals, couples, households, whether they're financially literate or not, uh, most people don't know their personal profit. And I would define personal profit as uh, money in minus money out, right? So how much of your income did you actually keep? That's like personal profit. And most people don't really think that way. I find, you know, for example, like let's say a client says they're moving, they're transferring money 500 bucks a month to an investment account. You can look at that statement and see, yep, looks like they're saving 500 bucks a month. But if at the same time, their checking account is declining by $500 a month, you're not actually saving anything. You're just transferring money from one bucket to another, from checkings to an investment account. And so there's three definitions. Number one is inflows, and that's new money coming into your world. The most common is income, right? You're earning incomes, new money. Other things, other inflows could be a family gift or you win the lottery, for example. Uh, and then outflows are just money leaving your world, living expenses, uh, you know, college tuition, things like that. Uh, and then there's what we call capital allocations, and that's really just transfers from one account to another. And so transferring from checking to an investment account is not saving money. We have identify or define saving money is how much of your income did you keep? And that's really what you want to measure. Yeah. Awesome. What are some of the mistakes that you see folks making when they're, when they're sort of taking the steps to improve their cash flow? Well, I'd, I'd say even before, before anything, like the common mistakes I see is just, they don't really know, right? When I speak to clients, uh, more so prospective clients, when, when we're first starting to work together, and I ask, you know, some simple questions, how much you're saving every month, how much you're spending. Most people can give me a ballpark. Um, most people can say, you know, we're saving about X per month, but no one, like it's super rare for me to find someone that can tell me with a high degree of certainty, exactly how much they saved last month, exactly how much they saved the prior month. And there's a lot of reasons that go into it, right? You know, life is always changing. Income is changing. Expenses are changing. Maybe you get a bonus or commission checks. So income's a little higher, you're probably going to save a little more that month. You know, you go on a family vacation, probably going to be spending uh, spending more that month or thus saving less that month. And so the first thing is just be aware, right? The Know, know what your numbers are. And we have some uh, proprietary tools to help with that. Um, but that's really the first step. Without awareness, it's hard to make informed decisions going forward. Yeah. And, and how do you, like, where would you recommend somebody start as it relates to, to sort of becoming aware? So, you know, the first simple step is just fill out a budget worksheet, right? And while I don't believe budgets work because it's always changing, yep. you need a starting point, right? So look at, look through your credit card statements, look through your check, your, you know, your checking account statement and just come to a, a number of, all right, this is like an average month, average credit card bills, utilities, mortgage, so on and so forth. Um, that's the starting point. Um, but it's going forward. Like, how do you maintain that awareness on a regular basis? That's what's really critical. And like I said, we have some tools that, that I've found to be really helpful for my own personal finances and thus offering it to clients as well. How often are you having folks sort of look at those numbers, adjust those numbers, you know, run through that? Like how often do you have them doing that exercise? Yeah. So what I found is once, once I have these clients uh, kind of up and running on their cash flow uh, management, uh, people become much more aware. So at least in the, at least what I find is in the beginning, 
they're kind of a little bit more hyper-focused. Maybe they go through their expenses, they find some subscriptions that they're not really using and they cut out a few things. Like when I first started doing this, I, I cut the cord on cable. I went to streaming, like, you know, simple things. It's not life-changing, but I thought when I first started uh, using this, the cash flow structure I'm talking about, I thought my households uh, spent X and, uh, you know, sure enough, I'm no different than everybody else. After yeah. like a month or two, I was like, no, we're, we're spending a lot more than that. I went and had that conversation with my wife and she wasn't surprised, but uh, I was like, <laughs> we need to do something about this. Um, but, you know, everybody's different. And, you know, some people are going to look at it on a regular basis. For me, I'm, I'm checking in with clients on a quarterly basis. So once a month, and we're, we're making sure that everything is as it should be, right? You maintain a proper amount of cash and checking and savings. Um, you're not running a deficit. And then, you know, if you are accumulating money, if you're saving money on a regular basis, then it's a simple conversation of how should we allocate it relative to your plan and your situation. But, um, you know, awareness is key. And then you just kind of go from there and, you know, hopefully you can make some more informed decisions. Yeah. It's interesting, right? Because I, what I find is that oftentimes folks will come to us saying, Hey, listen, you know, how can I retire earlier or how do I, you know, improve my financial situation, make sure I have a, a stable retirement. And one of the things that we often see is sort of expense or income rising right over time, just by virtue of inflation, or they're getting, you know, uh, they're getting sort of pay bumps or, or they're going to a new company and their expenses are rising you know, right along parallel with their new incomes, right? Mm -hmm. And so the idea is oftentimes that they're not keeping track of this, right? That's just, you know, gonna happen. But the ideal would be income rising and their expenses are sort of, you know, they're gonna keep rising because that's just generally what's gonna happen. But you want that gap, that spread to grow as best as possible and have a tool to sort of capture that difference, right? I mean, I think that would be optimal. That that that's critical. I mean, you know, it's funny. I have the same conversation with new clients all the time of, you know, what you find, what I find is income tends to rise over time. And what I also find is living expenses also tends to rise in parallel with income. Immediately. When I say that almost everybody chuckles, like they yeah. just not, they get it. Like, yeah. you know, everybody knows like, yeah, it's true. Like there's a whole host of reasons why that is, whether it's like, you know, small subscription models that individually, maybe they're five, 10, 15 bucks a month, you know, it's nothing, but you get 10, 20 different subscription models, they add up over time. But, and then, you know, going forward, the more meaningful ones are, you, you want a nicer lifestyle, right? So you have you, nicer homes, nicer cars, nicer vacations, maybe upgrade to first class on airline tickets. And people are, you know, they kind of agree, right? Nobody, nobody has ever disagreed with that statement of living expenses tends to rise with income. Right. And so what you want to do is, if you can change the behavioral finance and just put like an extra step between your income and the rising expenses where it makes you think about it, right? So, so one of the things that we do is if you want to increase your, what we call your baseline, like your standard living expenses every month. So I'm not talking about like a one-time big trip or buy a couch, but like monthly, you want to spend more money every month go for it. Like I'll never tell my clients that they can't do that. Should spend however, you know, their money, however they want. But if you're going to, if you're going to be a more informed, if you're more aware around your money, around your cash flow, you're going to be a more informed consumer. And so if you want to spend more money every month under our structure, under our model, you'll have to actually make the conscious decision to say to yourself and then your spouse, yep, we want to spend more money and then take the action to, to change the transfers. Um, and it's just that it's just that simple step, right? It's like, 
I'm going to think about it for at least one or two seconds, as opposed to what happens now is you get a bonus, you get commission checks, you get raises, money is immediately available for you. Like you don't have, you know, maybe you have, you know, and you're conscious in the back of your mind, you're like, yeah, should I do this? But like, that's maybe half a second and yeah. that doesn't, doesn't. And it's funny because I, I feel like the, de the decisions that one or two second decision or sometimes a much larger, longer one is only around like the larger lifestyle spends, right? You know, yeah. income increases and you're like, okay, you know, maybe I can join that country club, but that's going to cost X for, you know, just the membership entry plus whatever that lifestyle change is going to look like, or, Hey, you're going to put, you know, uh, increase spend on maybe it's a car purchase but you know you were from here to here and that that might take a little bit larger of a decision but all of the normal lifestyle things that happen like aren't really conscious decisions right like you know maybe you're buying more things at the grocery store and not necessarily checking the prices or you're buying more organic than before whatever it might mm -hmm. be but like those aren't like conscious decisions but they add up when you start to stack all these things up right like buying stuff on amazon like can i afford this can i not you know most of our client base is just buying it because they have the money to be able to do that and don't really understand how that impacts the underlying net savings that, you know, might exist or might not. Right. And then you don't find out until it's, you know, months down the road, like, wow, we really are sort of spending a lot more money as it relates to our income. Or it could be years down the road. Yeah. Right? So I have all the time clients ask me, how should how much should we spend on rent or mortgage or buying a car? Like, you know, how much, what's our budget, so to speak? And there's no real answer to that, right? Like the you're it's more impactful to reframe the question of what is the impact of us joining the country club? What's the impact of us buying this nicer car or going on this nicer vacation? And and from that perspective, it's you know, that we can define. It's, you know, instead of retiring at 64, you retire at 67. Um, or, you know, instead of fully funding college education, you're only 80% funding college education. And so, you know, you want to start to think about it's all a give and take, yeah. right? If you're, if you're spending more money today, it's going to come from somewhere. Uh, and so it, to the extent that you can, you, you still want to have that balance, right? You need to live your life and you should, um, but it, it's be an informed consumer and have that balance of living your life today while not, you know, foregoing uh, financial prosperity in the future. Yeah. And it's funny because I have the conversation with folks and just like you, like I'm not telling people what to spend their money on, right. On lifestyle, whatever I don't. And the conversation I always have, and I mean this wholeheartedly, like I literally don't care if my clients are lighting the money on fire <laughs> as long as they are saving yeah. at high savings percentage rates. Yeah. I don't care what they're doing with the rest of the money. Yeah. Right? Like I don't need to, I don't care if you're spending it all on Starbucks or you're buying you know, you're spending $3,000 a month on car leases, I could care less as long as we are saving at an appropriate percentage every month and not having to go back into that to fund lifestyle. I literally don't care. Right. But I think your point is incredibly important to be, you know, an informed consumer, right? Understanding how much you can afford, what that looks like, and what the impact may or may not be to your future self is important, right? As you're sort of going through that uh, going through that study. I think that's critical. Yeah. I have a client that, uh, she just got a big raise in promotion. She just got made partner of her firm, uh, came with a big pay raise. She was super excited. She went out and bought a, I, I don't know exactly three or $5,000 Gucci purse. She shared that with me and she was a little apprehensive. She thought I'd be mad at her or anything. I was like, no, I mean, that's, that's awesome. Like you, you have like, I don't want you to do that every month. 
right? But like you go, like you get a nice big raise and promotion, treat yourself like absolutely. And so if you're informed about knowing that you're, you're a great saver, you should absolutely go treat yourself on a nice vacation and have no qualms about it. Right. And the opposite is true. If you are seeing in your data, or if we're seeing in your data that, you know, the past three months or six months, your savings is down, that's when you want to dial back for a couple of months. And so it's, you know, it'll change the way you think about money and when you spend money, because, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to like uh, make people think that they can't spend their money, like, you know, do the right things and you spend your money how you want. Absolutely. Or light it on fire. Yeah. Listen, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll help you spend it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, why are some, why do you think some people are better savers than not than others? Right. What do you think sort of, you know, drives that conversation? Yeah. I, you know, I, I, it's funny. I often find when I'm dealing with a couple, typically not always the case, but typically one of the spouses is much more analytical and much more money focused. And the other is just like haphazard. And that's probably why they're married because it's a good balance. Um, what I find is there's a great, uh, I don't know, if, I guess he would be considered a psychologist uh, named Hal Hirschfield. He's got a great TED talk on exactly this, which is uh, how much, how connected do you feel to your future self? Your, like, if you think about yourself in 10, 20, 30 years, do you really think of that person as you, or do you think of that person as someone else? And that may sound a little hokey or a little weird, but they actually did fMRI brain scans. And, and ask them questions like, you know, here's a picture of you or think about yourself and then think about uh, yourself in 20 or 30 years. And the way the brain works is for most people, their future selves are more like someone else. And to the extent that you can think of your future self as yourself, those are the people that are more forward looking that are going to typically be better savers. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's very much true that the money you set aside for uh, for today is going to help you in the future, but a lot of times people just don't want to wait. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so yeah. you need to put yourself in that future mindset. Man, that delayed gratification, or yeah. that, that sort of being able to, I, 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 delayed gratification, that concept, I, I completely understand, but I've never heard of sort of how do you view your future self? Like, how do you connect with that person? Do you think they're somebody else, or that, that's incredibly interesting because I, I think I have a pretty decent picture of what that looks like. And perhaps that's why sort of I build, you know, great savings habits, but maybe it's also because of what it is that we do for a living. But I think it's, that's maybe why we're planners because we're yeah. more, you know, future oriented, but not everybody is. Yeah. That is uh that's really, really interesting. Um, any other sort of final thoughts, key takeaways, any things that you want to make sure that we sort of share with the audience as we kind of wrap up this conversation. And I, you know, as I think about it and how important cash flow is to our process as a planning firm, we're definitely going to have another conversation on this topic. So uh, for the listening audience, be sure to look out for a follow-up episode on this, but for today, you know, any final thoughts, takeaways you want to make sure that we leave? So it's, you know, just in summary, it's like, it's be a more informed consumer, know how much you're spending, know how much you're saving, which again, in this context is not what you're transferring. It's how much of your income are you keeping? That's how we identify as like, how much are you saving? Uh, have no you know qualms about treating yourself when you're saving a good percentage. And, you know, typically that's about 20% of gross income of household gross income, but it's different for everyone, right? That's just like the 
the starting point. So for someone who's already done a great job of savings, maybe it's a little less because they're ahead of the game and vice versa. If they're just getting started at a little later age, then you've got to save some more. So, uh, you know, know when you're saving uh, an appropriate amount, know what that long-term impact is. And if you're going to, you know, spend some money and just understand the long-term impact of that. And you may have to work with someone like us to, uh, to run some calculators for you to know that, but uh, at least be in that conversation. Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, it's just always update your plan. Whatever, whatever you're doing today, a week, a month from now, two months from now, life's going to be different, right? The life is always changing. Your cash flow is always changing. And so you always need to be in regular conversation to analyze what you're currently doing, updating your plan uh, to make sure that you're just really maintaining the right balance between how much money do you have in cash? How much money do you have in investments? Uh, in retirement accounts or real estate, it's it's the balance that's really important in all of our in all areas of our lives, personal, professional, financial, uh, and you want to kind of maintain that going forward. Absolutely awesome. Well, again, you know, Evan, this is going to be the first of many conversations that you and I get to have on the podcast. So uh, we're thrilled to have you on board. And uh, for you, the listening audience, thank you for tuning in. Uh, clips, click subscribe below to be notified when we have our future podcast episodes. And I'll talk to you soon, man. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Style Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. This podcast is intended for general public use. By providing this content, Park Avenue Securities LLC and your financial representative are not undertaking to provide investment advice or make a recommendation for a specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Yvonne Wantanabe and Evan Wool are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America. Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Opus Private Client, LLC is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. Opus Private Client LLC is not registered in any state or with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission as a registered investment advisor. Yvonne's California Insurance License 0H44206. Evans' California Insurance License Number 0H04936. Compliance Approval 2022-143059. Expires September of 2024.